can't believe it. 92 yards, and Lindsey really got in a foot race. I broke my chair. I came right through a chair, a metal steel chair with about a five-inch cushion. I broke it. The booth came apart. The stadium, well, the stadium fell down. Now they do have to renovate this thing. They'll have to rebuild it now. The stone eyes a hole. Sedwell awaiting the slap. The spot. The kick is up. The kick is down. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20, they're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat, Kevin. Oh, they got him. Here they're comes the blue from the left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks into the end zone. Hunter in the caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead. Now, Brad Sinketh and John Height with the Press Box on the Roar. Good morning, welcome to the Press Box. Brad Single here with John Height, broadcasting live on this Thursday, February the 22nd, 2024, 9.05 a.m. Across the wonderful, beautiful Palmetto State. Looking forward to a fun day here on the Roar 1055, 97.5, theroarfm.com. Fun morning. Hopefully you have to, you're having a good start to your Thursday. Only, only two days left, people. Just two days left in the work week. And then we'll enjoy the weekend. We're going to help you get there. We've got some good guests lined up for you today. Our good friend Ryan Roberts, an NFL draft analyst and scout, going to join us in just a little bit. We usually have him on a couple times a year, especially around Combine, and then usually again in April to get us ready for the draft, and sometimes a couple other times. He covers Notre Dame and stuff as well. So we'll talk with Ryan in just a little bit, a little over an hour about this draft class heading into next week's combine. We've got uh, several Clemson players to run through and get his thoughts on that, on those guys. Ryan always very high on Clemson players. He's, he, he likes the, uh, the mentality and a lot of the, um, you know, coaching that they get and the development. So I'm, I'm curious to hear what he has to say about several of the Clemson guys. that will be at the combine next week. Was it six, six guys at the combine next week for the Tigers starts on Tuesday and we'll also talk to Ryan about just the draft in general, some quarterbacks. I got some questions on some of those guys. And I have some questions to pose to John today as well about some of the NFL draft QBs. Clemson basketball will definitely break that game down from last night. One of the more well-rounded efforts by the Tigers. A lot of good shooting occurred from the three-point line for a lot of players. A good defensive effort, unlike the last time that they played Georgia Tech, I thought this this time the Clemson uh, defense really honed in and made uh, made life very difficult. They, it, Georgia Tech, the first time they played, I felt like had some had too many just good looks and got got some confidence rolling, and then that turned into even when you started to defend better, uh, just a, a confidence and a feel 
that they were going to go in. I think Clemson made sure that did not happen as much. Now, both teams came out a little scorching hot for three-point land to start, but I thought the defense really got after it uh, for for the Tigers and just took away a lot of good looks that Tech was hoping to get in this game. And it was just a a pretty solid overall win for Clemson. 81-57 was the final, so it was never really in doubt as they led by 12 at the half, and they took care of business. Uh, in the in the second half, uh, it's, it's always good when you build a twelve point lead and then you still outscore your opponent in the second half. That means you played really well. So we'll break that game down a little bit more as we go throughout the show today. Plus, Daniel Shirley is going to join us in hour number three. Looking forward to catching up with him, and we'll got, got some more state of college football stuff to get to coming out of yesterday's. <laughs> Big meeting. I know John's excited. He has zero fatigue on this. I know he can't wait to talk about the future of the college football playoff. How are you doing this morning, John? I'm doing well, Brad. How are you doing this morning? I'm tired. Uh, stayed up late watching ball last night. Did you see Kentucky LSU? I did not know. Oh, man. What a gut-wrenching loss for the CATS. Cats, cats, cats. As they went down, they, they were down by one. They had the ball about 20 seconds left. Uh, they they got a great baseline jumper. It went down. Problem is they left a lot of time on the clock, about 10 seconds. And LSU comes down, looked frantic, looked like they weren't going to get a decent shot off. The ball's going out of bounds. An LSU player throws it back in bounds. Another one catches it in midair and shoots about a four or five-foot jumper. And it goes in at the buzzer. And LSU insanity ensues they go nuts down in baton rouge lsu basketball quietly on a heater right now very i don't know if it's quiet uh knocking off south carolina by what one Mm -hmm. and then knock off kentucky by one last night so i i stayed up for that game because it was it was worth it i mean (laughs) sec brad i get it sec brad uh (laughs) you're definitely sec hoops brad this year i it's a it's a good league I, i like an entertaining product I don't like bad college basketball. I mean, I would just so be what you're telling clear. me is, if you don't like bad college basketball, you didn't watch the Egg Bowl last night. And I no, and neither did I watch Notre Dame eviscerate Louisville. Like I just I don't watch bad college basketball. If if you if I have to, I have no other choice. Sure, but if there's an option, whether it's go to bed or stay up and watch good college basketball, I will choose good college basketball. And the SEC has not disappointed this year. They've been good games. And LSU, despite a poor record, is I've said it all year. They're just feisty. They just stay in games. They don't have they don't have the shot makers to compete at the highest level in that league. They just simply don't. But they they get momentum and they they play well together. Um, and I think Kentucky, outside of some years where Kentucky either missed the tournament or was like on the eight nine line, I just don't think I've I've watched a Kentucky team that I thought. There's no chance this team's winning the title. They're so disjointed. They are. Offensively, it's all iso ball. It's all one-on-one. They don't really run any plays. I don't know what... I mean, Cal Perry spends the whole game just screaming and yelling. He doesn't coach, it looks like to me. I. They are a disappointing squad this year. There's no other way to say it. Kentucky's disappointing. He just can't seem to reel it in. And it's February 22nd. You're kind of running out of time to figure out how to reel it in. But it is just... It, it's... It's not really enjoyable to watch. I'm talking about you know watching entertaining basketball. The game itself was entertaining, but Kentucky's infuriating. And they come down the court, and you're just like, well, what are you, what, who's going to throw up some random shot on this drive, on this possession? 
That's what it feels like every time they get the ball. But still, it was a fun game last night. But I, I can't remember the last time I looked at a Kentucky team and went, not a prayer. Not a chance of seeing the Final Four. Well, it was probably when you were watching them lose to St. Peter's. You probably had that feeling. I didn't think they would lose to St. Peter's. No one in the world thought they were going to lose to St. Peter's. I think going into the tournament, though, I can't remember the last time I went, nah. Kentucky's an easy bounce for me. Which I will let you know where I'm bouncing them on March 18th when we have the March Madness Show live from Mellow Mushroom. How about that? March Madness at Mellow Mushroom. Say that five times really fast. March time. Madness at Mellow Mushroom. March Madness at Mellow Mushroom. March Madness at Mellow Mushroom. Okay, I'm done. You actually had to do it. Uh, I only got through three. We'll be there March 18th, 5 to 8 p.m. We'll have a live show for you where we break down the bracket the day after it comes out. Cannot wait for that. Be there in Clemson. Come hang out with us. It's a great spot. If you came to the um, college football kickoff show, then we expect you to also be at the March Madness show. And those of you who didn't make it to the college football kickoff show, we also expect you to be at the March Madness show. Now you have to come to the March Madness show. Yeah, you got to make up for it. Exactly. So we um, are anticipating that big event. You know, you said making up for it. You know, Brad, last on Saturday night when Clemson lost to NC State, Ian Shefflin had two points. That is true. Yesterday I said on the show that I thought if Clemson was going to go to Atlanta and have success, Ian Shefflin was going to have to be one of the prime contributors was, on this team. I was going to give you credit for this. I had planned it. It was in the show notes. 19 points for Ian Shefflin, 3 for 4 from 3. Have yourself a night, young man. And boy, did they not learn their lesson either. <laughs> I mean, he hits the first three, and then he gets open look after open look after open look. It's like uh, Georgia Tech, that guy's filling it. You might want to do something about it. They didn't. They didn't care. Shefflin made them pay. I tell you, when when the way that – and they, they had to do this. Now, P.J. Hall did not have a P.J. Hall game. But if you watched the game, you saw a guy who was double teamed almost every single time the ball went into his hands. And they would they would do the double team, they'd come out of it, and they'd go right back to it if he started to dribble you know, back down toward the basket. They would come right back to the double. So it just wasn't going to be a huge P.J. game. They said, we're, we're going to take the ball out of your hands – make somebody else beat us, that somebody was in Shefflin. He still went three from four from three. The chef was cooking. Big time. And also, Chase Hunter, have yourself a night, young man. He went home again. <laughs> no, not to, not to Columbia. Oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. Home. I thought home for everyone was in Columbia. My apologies. No, he went home. I was watching with my son, and I'm like, Chase is playing well because his, his mom's there. And I mean, his mom probably goes to every game, yeah. but I was just. <laughs> but the I, camera happened to show her yeah, like, like half the broadcast, right? Because he's from Atlanta. Him and him and Dylan uh, are from Atlanta, and so I thought I said he, he's he's playing because his mom's there. I just want to see if my, if my son picked up on it or not. Parents go to almost all the games, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's, it's pretty normal. Uh, but yeah, he did. He went home and and performed well. I thought for the Tigers uh, in this one. I mean, I, the whole team played well. I mean, I mean really not a he's bad your spot. second leading scorer, one point behind Shefflin, and was the leading rebounder last night. That's pretty good. I'd say it's a solid day at the office. I agree with you. Uh, four of or six of ten from the field, four of six from the three point line. That's another guy. Georgia Tech just said, "Ah, we'll give him a look." If you look, if you're gonna double PJ, every single time the ball went in his hands, someone's going to be open. Shefflin just sat there at the top of the key and got looks. Then Chase Hunter just sort of went to the wing and just waited, and he got looks after look after look. And, you know, they, they want to make sure Joe Girard didn't burn him. He, he was 2-7 from the three-point line, but he was 5-11 uh, from the field. 
and scored 14 points. So 19 for Shefflin to lead the team, 18 for Hunter, 14 for Gerard, 11 for P.J. Hall, and they got, um, no, I'm sorry, 8 for, yeah, 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 sorry. And then 8 for Jack Clark. So the, the starting lineup, Almost all got into double figures, except Clark was just two points away. And I thought he had some key baskets as well. And uh, had a nice steal and a, and a dunk and transition. Uh, just a really, really strong effort overall. You know, obviously that the main broadcast team last night was Don Munson, Tim Beret, with here at the Clemson Athletic Network. But the ACC Network had some of their um, personal- personalities there on site. And we actually were able to get a quote from former Syracuse coach oh, Jim Beheim, he was on the call last night. We were able to get a yeah. quote from what Coach. Did he, what do you have to say about about the Tigers? I thought Clemson really played well. They got off to a really good start. I could not agree more, Jim. He, the the basketball mind is still sharp there. I mean, the guys still can see and recognize ball. I mean, they came out and were just lighting up from the three. I mean, Brad, by the time the first TV timeout hit, you had sent me a text. Well, it's a three point party. Yeah. By the first commercial break. Yeah. Now, it, so coach. Thank you for the the analysis. You're spot on. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was that was great analysis there. I think I think Beheim paid attention and watched the game last night. Definitely with that quote. I'm, I'm glad you were able to reach out to him uh, after after a long night in Atlanta to get his his thoughts on the game last night. You know, as he's just riding back up 85 to wherever he's going. You know, we just get a quick quote and get on about his wife riding dirty on 85. Hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> Beheim uh, was hey he's actually pretty good. I, I'll I'll give him some credit. He, I, I thought he was actually pretty good on the call last night. I, he, he wasn't annoying. No, he wasn't annoying. Um, he had some decent analysis. Yeah. He talked a lot about Gerard, and he he cracked some jokes. He told the Bernie Sanders story, which is kind of funny. And then when they had the photo of Bernie Sanders next to him, and like which one is who? Yeah, you know he he played along well with that. I thought he did he did. Um, I'm not. I'm He's not never a be. good sport, but for some reason he kind of is right now. He's still a jerk in press conferences, but at least on television, he's not as bad. Yeah, I, I don't actually mind him all that much on television. But I'll, I'll never change my thoughts of him. I've been in too many press conferences with Bayhai. I know, I know too many coaches and people that have been around Bayhai a lot longer than we have. That's fair. Uh, whole, whole different story there. Uh, but Georgia Tech really, really had to just... I mean, in the second half, all they could do was just throw up shot after shot. Nothing went in for them. They were 6 of 25 in the final 20 minutes of this game. Uh, they shot 30.2% overall uh, and just just could not buy a bucket from the three-point line. If, I mean, you, can, you can't get down double digits and then make one three-pointer. You're not, you're not going to win a ball game that way. But I, Clemson's defense had a lot to do with that. They challenged, I think, every shot. They... They were active. Hands were up. They, really they were dialed in from from tip. I mean, Clemson was out to to make a statement last night in Atlanta. I don't know if I will say it's their best overall game they played some games very much like this this season. Mm-hmm. We, we forget, you know, November and December actually did happen. Sure, in college basketball, uh, and they've had a couple a couple games in conference play where they've they've done this. But I I think this might have been one of their most well rounded. Just everybody contributing. You know, they didn't get a ton of points off the bench, but I, I thought Wiggins and Godfrey and and Beadle came in and, and gave them something on, on both ends of the court. Yeah, I mean Godfrey didn't have to fill up the stat sheet, but he gave you twenty two minutes. Yeah, he grabbed four rebounds. So five I, points. 
No, I, I thought it was a great effort by the Tigers all the way around. And then where it is in the calendar to have this type of a performance. As you're coming down the home stretch here, yeah, to be able to go out on the road and win by more than 20 points, it's got to feel good, right? It does. And, and I just think it's good that maybe P.J. didn't have some huge night. It means his workload wasn't heavy right now. He only took eight shots. Very low-volume night for P.J. Hall. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing at all at this stage of the season. You know, he's... Been dealing with some illness, and he just seems he just seems a little bit maybe out of out of sync a tad. But I, it's not a concern. It's just it's a long year, and things happen well, in, a, in a long year. And, and when you get into the next month on the calendar, you guess what? I think best. the whole country knows PJ Hall is good at basketball. You're going to run into matchups and situations where teams are just going to take him out of the game through double teams, and to be able to have Chase Hunter and Ian Shefflin be able to pick up the weight there. Prove they can do it. Yes. Yeah. So it was it was an important game in a lot of ways for the Tigers. Maybe the most important aspect, 8-7 and seven now in ACC play. So they're back to uh, five or above 500 in the conference. Um, 18 wins, so just now two off of 20. 20 is not the number it used to be. It used to be, man, you get to 20, you're at least on the bubble. You know, back before we had net and RPI and all that kind of stuff infiltrate the game there's sort of that benchmark 20 number and if you get to 23 then there's no way a committee can keep you out those things don't tend to matter as much anymore now that we have other ways of determining teams getting in we'll go over the net rankings as we normally do after Clemson plays when we return 654 Roar talks more college basketball after this when you shop or donate at a Dream Center resale store you're helping to change lives the Dream Center receives no government funding and depends on the resale store's proceeds to operate. 100% of store's proceeds go directly to support the programs of the Dream Center, offering those that need a hand up instead of a hand out. Shop and donate your items today at their Easley, Pickens, Seneca, or Greenville store on Pleasantburg Drive. Donate, shop, change lives. Visit thedreamcenterpc.org for more information today. Hey, it's Boost Mobile here with a great deal to keep you connected. Now, when you switch to Boost, you get four lines for 100 bucks, plus four free 5G smartphones like the Galaxy A15 or the Moto G Stylus 5G. We're here to bring you the best phones on America's largest 5G networks so you can get after it. Switching is easy. Just head to your local Boost Mobile store. That's four lines and four phones for $100, only at a Boost Mobile near you. Requires port in auto pay and ID verification. Available in select markets only. Other restrictions apply. See participating stores for details. Spring is coming, and with it, pollen season. Be ready to rid your ride of pollen by purchasing your Tiger Express Wash Anywhere Unlimited Fast Pass. Visit Tiger Express Wash online or any of their three locations for a pre-purchased monthly pass that can be used as often as you like at all Tiger Express wash sites in Clemson, Pendleton, and Easley. You can be ready in advance with a fast pass from Tiger Express Wash. More locations, same quality care. Start your day right with Wendy's Breakfast Burrito. Loaded with all of the best parts of Wendy's Breakfast Menu. It's a delicious mix of eggs, bacon, breakfast potatoes, and American cheese. All wrapped in a soft tortilla. It's quick, on-the-go option for your busy mornings. Serve with a dash of Cholula for that extra kick. Wash it down with a sweet, frosty, cream cold brew. Make your morning meal count. Order the breakfast burrito on the app for exclusive offers and visit your local Upstate Wendy's for breakfast today. 
Need to rent a mini excavator like a Bobcat E32, a skid steer, or a wood chipper? Maybe a smaller tool like a pressure washer, jackhammer, or compactor. McNeely Store and Rental has got you covered. Clemson alumni owned, renting equipment and selling materials for more than 30 years. We also sell septic materials, ADS drainage products, concrete boxes, real stone veneers, and more. With two upstate South Carolina locations in Clemson and West Union. Call 654-9187-Clemson or 718-1449-West Union. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The Roar. Your home for all things analytics and salary cap analysis. Why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? We are the Roar, where every day is game day. Back here live on the Roar, 925 a.m. on this Thursday edition. Ryan Roberts in hour two, Daniel Shirley in hour three. Until then, six five four. Roll. We got some college football news to get to. We're still talking some college basketball here. Coming out of last night, Clemson Tigers did move up a couple spots in the net rankings from twenty eight to twenty six. Uh, that was, I believe, that was a quad four. Maybe it was quad. No, I think it was quad three win last night over Georgia Tech. They're five and two now in quad three uh four and three in quad one four and three in quad two those are winning records by the way john in the two important quads and clemson moves up because they covered the whatever margin they were supposed to 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 cover there's a there's a vegas odds you know maker spread and then there's the net spread we don't know what the net spread really is so you know i guess a predetermined computer number you have to reach, but I have a hard time believing they didn't cover that by what they did to Georgia Tech last night. And so the Tigers do get the benefit of a bump by moving up. If they had beat Georgia Tech by four, they probably move down. I'm I'm dead serious. No, I think you're right. Which is my continued frustration with these rankings. They did move ahead of Wake Forest, who had jumped that ahead seems of important. Yeah. Wake had Wake certainly covered the metrics or covered the number the other night. And <laughs> you don't have to tell me what the mysterious number is there. I know they cleared that benchmark. Uh, and then Clemson covered it last night, so that's why they moved back ahead of Wake Forest. I, it sounds so stupid to say that, does it not? I can't believe I'm even saying that. 
Well, that's why, you know, we had talked about it the other day about with the college football playoff expanding, should there be any sort of FPI net ranking or something that amounted to it? And this, the biggest reason for me why it shouldn't is how much a blowout weighs versus just a win. And in football with only 12 data points, you get your one FCS game that you win 63 to 10 and then everything is skewed. Yeah. That's true. I, just, I, I hate that part of the net rankings probably more than anything, that there's a mysterious number in there that you have to surpass. Right. And, and that number also affects when you lose. For instance, Florida played Alabama last night, went to overtime, lost by five. I don't know what the net spread was, but the Vegas line, the oddsmakers line, was 10. And they, they covered that. So they didn't move. They lost a road game. In a, ter- in a very tough environment against a really good, highly ranked net team in Alabama, and they didn't move a single spot. 29th is what they started yesterday. 29th is what they ended yesterday. So, again, they, they covered whatever the mysterious number was, the margin number. Uh, meanwhile, Alabama, do you think Alabama dropped? They did not, by the way. It's Bama. Well, w- w- once you're in the top, Five or six, it's hard to see that. Well, especially when you have, I mean, it's not like Florida's coming in here below five hundred and they weren't a good ball club. Like we're we're playing the game hurts your ranking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Florida's coming in here at they're eighteen and seven before the game. You know, a top twenty five team. So I don't have much issue with them not moving. Really, based off of that. Currently, right now, here's what the ACC standings look like, and tell me if this. If this sort of makes sense to you now. Actually, Duke is now tied with North Carolina. So, Duke and North Carolina at one. Virginia, Wake Forest, and then Clemson. Is that not what we think is going to be the teams that receive the bids? Do we not think those are the five best teams in the conference, and then there's probably a drop-off? Yes. So, the standings are starting now to reflect, say, your your power rankings. Correct. And what a surprise, Brad. I'll give you credit where it is due. You called it. Look at where Miami is in the ACC standings. Way down there. One game above Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame is not as horrific as they used to be, as they were to start the year. They've gotten better over the course of the year. They have. Now they're just 5-10. and Uh, But that's better than Georgia Tech and better than Louisville. And I think we both thought it was going to be a sort of a tie between Notre Dame and Louisville at the bottom. And Notre Dame smoked Louisville last night. 20-plus win. 20-plus point win. They weren't even close. Do they even... I mean, well, I, 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 there's no reason to get rid of Kenny Payne, I guess, in the middle of the year, but there's zero chance he sees the offseason, right? I would be shocked, especially at a place like Louisville that prides itself on its basketball. You would think. You know, I, I wouldn't, like... I'm not trying to you know, be mean here, but like if he was at BC, I wouldn't be all that shocked if they ran him back for another year because it's Boston College. But Louisville is, I mean, basketball is extremely important at that university. And you yeah. just can't, with that nice and beautiful of an arena, with the basketball history that you have and the importance that the sport is placed in the state of Kentucky, you can't keep doing this. You just can't. You can't keep doing it for recruiting purposes. Because you can't every do it for year fundraising, NIL, I mean, you name it. But but recruiting, I mean, it's there's no one with an ounce of real talent that's going to consider Louisville right now as long as Kenny Payne's your head coach. That's just that's just a fact right now. And until they change that, 
then all the other stuff doesn't even matter to me. The NIL, the fundraising, all that stuff. They, they, they have to get a coach in there that somebody will play for. The Kerger don't even want to play for him, it looks like to me. Uh, all three ACC games were blowouts last night. Clemson 81-57 over Georgia Tech. Duke 84-55 over Miami. I, I could not have seen this coming even any clearer. Miami was just toast. Their numbers were dropping off at a rapid rate offensively they just they're just not able to score and against Duke they played no defense last night gave up 44 in the second half to the Blue Devils uh, of course they trailed 40 to 23 at halftime so I don't think Miami had much to play for and then Notre Dame beat Louisville 72-50 so all blowouts last night in the conference the cream is rising to the top in this league now I think I think we we've we've sort of had to kind of guess what we thought the order was, but it's all coming together now at the right time. This is not going to be a six, seven bid league, but it's not going to be two to three. It's either. not going to be two to three. That is, that I, is I feel great. like that is one thing we have seen over the last two weeks is the national narrative, the Joe Lenardi's Jerry Palms, what have you that they're starting to see the amount of bids for the ACC increase. Yeah. And, and to be, to be, you know, honest here and I, I'm not trying to be mean, but, Lenardi, Palm, Rothstein, none of these guys are on the committee. You know, like they, they put out all this stuff. But as long as these ACC teams are solidly where they are in terms of the net rankings, which was what we think the NCAA tournament uses the most, the committee, right? then there, there's very little, very little chance that this is going to be a three-bid league. This is, this is a four-to-five-bid league, if not solidly at five. As of right this minute. Now, Virginia's still the weird one, the outlier that I don't quite understand. But regardless, uh, this is not going to be a a league that we're going to be discussing like we were three weeks ago. Right. Things have felt like they have changed there. Things have improved for the ACC. New Mexico State got a big win last night in the Mountain West. I, I was just about to bring the Mountain West transition in, but you beat me to it <laughs> while we're talking about bids. Uh, barely, too. They, they held on by two over uh, Colorado State uh, last night. So, the Mountain West. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. When you – like, Colorado State takes a big a big loss there in New Mexico State – or New Mexico, I'm sorry, gets a big win there. It's kind of, you know, eh, who does it – it helps New Mexico more than it probably hurts Colorado State. Probably so. But that's kind of how you have to, to weigh it. Um. In the SEC last night, we already talked about that wild thriller uh, between. Uh, well, there was two thrillers last night. One, that Florida winning in overtime ninety or losing in overtime ninety eight ninety three to Alabama on the road, and then LSU knocking off Kentucky at home on a last second buzzer beater. Brad, I want to point out that we had top two top twenty teams fall last night. Well, hold on, let me mention this. Okay, uh, Georgia knocked off Vanderbilt seventy six sixty four. Uh, the futility continues for the Commodores in Georgia. You're not at the basement. Uh, you looked like you could be headed that way in conference play, but you've you fought your way out of that, and you beat the team that is in the basement uh, right now. Uh, and then Mississippi State won the Egg Bowl slash Hardwood version, whatever I, I don't know what you call it, uh, 83 to 71. The Bulldogs knocked off the Rebs. Chris Beard's team fading down the stretch mightily. Uh. Can't say I'm surprised. Uh, in the Big Ten, we had a uh, big upset there where Penn State was able to knock off number 12 Illinois at home, 90-89. to 89. And then also we had George Mason. Buzzer beater, too, by the way. 
beating number 16th ranked Dayton at home 71 to 67. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh just just going to give you my feel on this. I don't I don't care about what the RPI numbers say. Uh, I don't I don't really care what the um any any of the metrics. This is just eyeball test only. We we love the eyeball test, don't we? Sure. <laughs> I'm gonna give you my I'm gonna rank the conferences. Oh boy. What do you mean, oh boy? We're gonna power rank conferences because that always is, is received well. <laughs> it it doesn't matter, but you know, as the old open used to say on this show, it just doesn't matter. But here it is anyways. I got the SEC number one. Of course you do. You can't have a conference rankings without the SEC at the top what? of it. What? Why is that so foreign? SEC, Brad. <laughs> I got... Remember, I... Brad, remember. More teams equals more money. Oh, Don't man. forget it, SEC, Brad. I think I'm going to go... As much as I don't want to do it, I think I think the Big 12 is number two. Really, the reason I had the Big 12 number two is because I refused to put the Big 10 number two. This is more of a spite pick at, at number two. Okay. Do you agree with that? No. You don't agree with that? I, who would you, So you would have the Big Ten number two? I don't think the Big Ten is going to do anything. No, I, I don't think the Big Ten would be number two. I Honestly, I mean, it's, it's top-heavy. Big East? Yeah. Big East or ACC, I think we'll have more, especially if I'm judging it based on what I think they're going to do in the tournament. I think both of those leagues will have better representation further along in the thing than the Big Ten will. Again, this is just eye test. This is Brad's eye test. Yes. SEC one. I'm going to go Big 12 two. I, the Big 12 is still overrated just based on like the amount of teams they think are good in this league, but I'm not putting the Big Ten two. In fact, you know what? Give me the Big East over the Big Ten. Give me Big Thank East you. three. Give what me big what East are you three. taking out of the Big Ten? I know you have no belief in Purdue. No, but that's the only team that I that I would have any belief in if it was other anybody other than Purdue. If the, if the, if the letters across the front of the jersey were different but the same resume and the same rankings, I might believe in that team some. But who else in the Big Ten do you do you feel good about? There's not one team. It's hard to to back anybody. I mean, Illinois just lost to Penn State last night. It's kind of my point. Why I just I don't think we get much of anything out of this league in the tournament. Again, Wisconsin is again I test here. Not great. They're third in the league with Northwestern. No, they're good at beating up on their own competition. Nebraska, but once they get, it's Michigan like a lot of Big Ten teams before Michigan and football was able to actually finally get over the hump. They're built to beat each other, but when they have to go play the rest of the country, they're they're not equipped. I test says Big Ten's number four. I test says Big East. I would take the ACC over the Big Ten. Uh, I'm not going quite that far. Oh, I definitely <laughs> Did would. Did you watch Louisville and Notre Dame last night? Have you watched Michigan? I know, John. Have you Have you watched Maryland? John, I mean, there, were, there, there were three games in the ACC last night, and all three were won by 20-plus points. But if I'm trying to rank these leagues, and I'm looking at, you know, especially projecting into March, I'm not factoring in what Michigan That's or what Louisville That's not what I'm Louisville doing, doing, though. Okay. I, I'm, I'm power ranking them on the eye test. Okay. Not projecting what they do in the NCAA tournament. Okay. My, my apologies. Big East number three. Big Ten number four. I got ACC number five. And, I, and I'm not sure the ACC is even that far behind the Big Ten. I think, I think I could even sell myself on buying the ACC over the Big Ten. 
to a certain degree. But uh, for for the sake of this, I mean, just if you've watched Big Ten basketball this year, there's nothing there outside of Purdue. There's nothing to feel good. At least in the ACC, I go well. I could see, you know, I mean, I, th- I think Clemson is a good basketball team. I think Wake Forest is a good basketball team. I know North Carolina and Duke are. North Carolina Duke. Are they elite? No, probably not. That's the thing. There's not an elite team in the ACC to the level that we're used to seeing. North Carolina could be, but are they right this minute? Probably not playing like it. When I say elite, I mean, can they beat Houston? Can they beat, well, he might beat Arizona. Can they beat Alabama or Tennessee, the best of the SEC? Can they beat Purdue? I don't know. I don't know if they can. None of them have to face Purdue. That's the, that's the, the real kicker there. Uh, they'll never see them. Um, Mountain West, I have below the ACC. And then As I, you should. And then I would take the A-10. I would take the AAC. I would take the Missouri Valley. I would take the West Coast. I'd take the Southern League before I even approach the Pac-12. Six five four or more to come after this. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. And now, during the final days of our President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus 10% off all bases. Ends Monday. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. Wearing a hat is so much more important than a fashion statement. You're making a stand for your favorite sports team, local cause, or brand. Hatflow Co. takes headwear seriously, offering only the highest quality custom and collegiate hats with patches handmade by locals in the upstate. Visit hatflowco.com to upload your custom design and get it quick with nationwide shipping and no order minimums. Or shop their collegiate collection at Harrison's Workwear in Malden or Spartanburg. Whichever way you shop, thank you for supporting a small business. SDC Heating and Air is here to keep your family cool in the summer and warm in the winter with premium Heil units, supercharged with 100 years of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. SDC is Clemson alumni-owned and celebrating over 20 years of serving Tiger fans across Oconee, Pickens, and Greater Greenville. Be sure to like their Facebook page for giveaways, promotions, and specials. That's E-S-T-E-S Heating and Air on Facebook to win prizes and receive specials on HVAC services and installs to keep your family comfortable all year long with Heil units. New year, new you. I know you've been thinking about it because I was there too. I thought about it many years. And then I did it, dropped big pounds, and never looked back. Look, any time's a good time to start something good and something new. But now, with the holidays in the rearview mirror, now's the time to start PhD. If dropping weight's on your mind, just for a second, forget exercise. We know it's great for a million reasons. But instead, call PhD because it starts in the kitchen. Drop that weight. Keep it off for life. Now's the time. Go to the website, myphdweightloss.com. Finding a dealership alternative just got easier. With three locations in Greenville, Cherrydale, and Anderson, First Class Halt is here to service your Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota. With ASE certified technicians, state-of-the-art equipment, free shuttles, customer rewards program, and a limited lifetime warranty on parts and labor, we stand behind our work. So if you're looking for an independent service shop who treats you like a customer, not a number, look no further than firstclasshalt.com. And while you are there, take advantage of our new customer offer, First Class Halt, your dealership alternative. Sure, you can wait until spring for spring cleaning, or you can get an insanely clean home now by calling the experts at Zero Res Air Duct Cleaning today. They use ZR water to clean your carpets like no other, and no sticky soap residue. Your carpets stay cleaner longer. 
For the rest of the month, mention me, Mickey Plyler, and The Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for just $129, plus a free staircase. Schedule online at ZeroResGreenville.com. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. The needs of modern businesses are always changing, but corporate cards haven't evolved in decades. Until now. Meet Ramp, the all-in-one finance platform that combines corporate cards with spend management software. Ramp is the only card designed to actually help your business spend less, not more. With Ramp, you can set custom controls to stop out-of-policy spend before it even happens. And Ramp software even does expense reports for you. No more manual entries, no more chasing receipts. And with best-in-class accounting integrations, you'll close your books in days, not weeks. Ramp gives you better insights and a real-time view of all company spend, so you can stay focused on the big picture and build a healthier business. Join over 15,000 businesses who have switched to Ramp and start saving an average of 5%. Modern finance runs on Ramp. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash sports. That's R-A-M-P dot com slash sports. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I need new wipers. No problem. How about Bosch Prime Active or Envision? Get in zone, I know what you're thinking. Why Bosch Prime Active or Envision? They're both designed to minimize glare for clearer, safer driving. Get in zone, okay, great. Do you have any special offers on them? Right now, you can get a $10 bonus reward when you buy a pair. Get in zone, zone. Restrictions apply. Offer available to AutoZone Rewards members. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar. Where every day is game, game day. Back here live on the Roar, 945 a.m. How about this from our good friend Tim Bray? We heard from yesterday, and then, of course, he was on the call last night down in Atlanta when Clemson knocked off Georgia Tech. Tim says Clemson now has five ACC road wins to tie the school record. The Tigers also had five in 86-87, which was Horace Grant, friend of the show, senior year. And last year, when they didn't make the tournament. <laughs> a win at Notre Dame on March 2nd. Tim did not add that. I did. Uh, a win on March 2nd would set the record and clinch just the third winning ACC road record in school history. They were also 4-2 and two in 76-77. So, Clemson knocking on the door of, of history. John could get to uh, to six road wins. I mean, if you want to give me a late birthday present with a win at Notre Dame, I'll take it. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be also a needed needed victory. <laughs> you know, you don't want to lose. I mean, Notre Dame's playing well right now, but you don't want to lose to them. No, no, absolutely not. If you're in the upper, I oh, can't lose after all the stuff I said yesterday. Oh boy, <laughs> I just I don't think you're ever going to be welcomed in South Bend. That's fine. All right, just letting you know, it's probably unlikely that that's going to happen. That's fine. I don't have any plans to be in Indiana anytime soon. Okay. Uh, any any other thoughts on college basketball before we move on from the sport? And not particularly, other than I'm just very excited. I'm I'm very much dialed into the final race here in the ACC. 
because when you have those three at the top where you have Virginia, Duke, North Carolina, especially the fact that Duke and North Carolina are now tied at the top, like I'm very intrigued to see how this top four, top five finishes within the league. Blue Devils have won five straight. That is the longest winning streak currently in the conference. Notre Dame is second with three consecutive victories in the in uh, league play. Uh, and then there's, of course, Miami, who's lost five straight. <laughs> to, <laughs> to match Duke's <laughs> five-game streak, just the other side of it. Uh, and then, yeah, you're right, 12-3 and three at the top. This very well could come down to the final game, the final weekend, when Duke and North Carolina square off in – in Cameron, that could decide who wins the conference. Kind of hope for that a little bit, just, just well, for I, fun I, purposes. Yes, I, I am hoping for that, but I'm also going to be dialed in to watch the Heels in Charlottesville this weekend against the Who's. Which Virginia team shows up in this one? Do you have a feel for that yet? The better one? Not the one we saw on Monday night in Blacksburg? I think North Carolina writes the ship, though. I think North Carolina is going to end up winning the game. But Virginia at home is just a different beast than when they walked into Castle the other night. You would think, but then again, when you don't shoot the ball well, you could have another night just like that. Or when you shoot as poorly as they shoot it. But North Carolina looking for a two-game win. It's been a long time since they won two in a row. You know, they after the they'd won what several in a row for them, after the Duke game. Then they lost to Clemson, then they beat Miami, and then they lost to Syracuse, and then they beat Virginia Tech. So they're they're trying to get back to a sustained winning streak. So after they lost to Kentucky, they won 10 straight. And since then have gone loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. Mm. I I think they make it back-to-back victories for the first time in almost a month. Well, if anything, though, if they do lose, then we'll definitely keep the trend going because their game after that is Miami and that they'll be due for a win there. Yeah. Um, speaking of Miami, real quick, could, could this be the end of Laranaga? Think he'd walk away after this? This is a disaster. Uh, I don't think so. I, I Yes, it is a disaster, but I think if after the run they went on last year, I think he would earn the right to be able to come back one more year. But if he chooses to call it a day, yeah, I would I would be surprised. Uh, Georgia Tech, even though they got smoked last night by Clemson, you see some things there in that program that, like, well, first of all, you get rid of the dirty feel that was Josh Passner era, but you get Damon Stoudemire's got some things where he he holds you can tell he holds his guys to a pretty high standard of of a play. They just couldn't shoot at all, but that that team plays hard. They give a lot of effort. They play hard for him. They didn't. You know, roll over and quit there anywhere in the second half when they're down by 20-plus points. I I think Georgia Tech has something in him as a head coach. It may take a couple years to get the personnel sorted out, but I think they made a good hire. Notre Dame's going through a transition, but it looks like they're they're figuring some things out as the season goes along. What I'm trying to point to is could the profile of the league see a bounce back? I think it could. If, if some of these bottom teams take steps forward next year. you got to think Florida State's going to be better in the future than they are right now. Miami won't replicate this poor of a performance. You say that, but let, I, we don't know what the roster is even going to look like. I just don't know how it's going to get much worse than how they're playing right now. Because it's awful. It's, it's, it's really poor. Like, I think Syracuse will be better in year two up there next year. 
Yeah, they could. I mean, Syracuse not a bad. They're not bad. They're just for like in in terms of relative to to what their their level is. They're 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 kind of a mediocre Syracuse team. Not me saying they're mediocre in terms of their record, but just sort of. Well, mediocre they're team. also a team right now that just cannot win on the road. They're twelve and two at home and three and six on the road. Yeah, that's not good. It's hard to win on the road. Clemson doing it very very well right now, especially after last night with another victory against Georgia Tech. Tigers come back home and take on Florida State on Saturday, 7.45 p.m. tip, I believe. Uh, That is correct. 7.15 Also correct. And we'll have that game for you right here on the Roar. We'll break it down uh, tomorrow. But just a quick look. Florida State is 14-12 overall and and 8-7 in league play. So that's just about as mediocre as you can you can get right now in this in this league and in this season, uh, but the, the the Seminoles are not not the same team we've seen the last few years that could go on, you know, some some decent runs in, in the postseason. They don't have the length that they did a few years ago, where they were just taller and longer than everybody in the league. And they don't have the scoring. They, they rely on like one guy. You know, they just don't have enough enough. Well, they don't have that points. first round NBA draft pick that they've had the last couple of years. That's also true. Uh, the ageless Leonard Hamilton uh, has not. Not brought in the same caliber. Maybe NIL has hurt them. I haven't even thought about that, but with all the the resources that have been poured into the football program in the transfer portal and the NIL, you know, I wonder how much there is to go around. I don't know their NIL situation with I, basketball. No clue. I don't know much about it. But but, I, I, but it wouldn't surprise you if you were told it wasn't great. Well, especially when because Florida State is a football school through and through. Yeah, you're going to ask a lot of. You're asking for a lot of help with with the basketball program from people that probably really just don't care about the basketball program. Which and it's unfortunate for Leonard it. Hamilton because if this would have been implemented like five years earlier, yeah, when right after the Jimbo debacle and his team was making runs in the tournament, the Florida State fans would have definitely supported and backed him. Do you think Florida State fans really cared even when they've been successful and had good teams and they went to the tournament? Did they really care that I think much? they enjoyed it when the football team was struggling, but I think if you polled, like if you got a large population of Florida State fans, the majority would say all about football, all about football. Because I, I think there are a portion of, of Clemson fans that will support NIL for basketball. You know, they want to see yeah. the program be... I, I don't know that Florida State has... A lot of that right now. It, it just it doesn't appear on the surface that they do, but they're they look like they're getting hurt a little bit more by NIL than maybe what you would have projected or thought uh, going into the last couple seasons here. But the, the Seminoles still coming to town, still a, still a tough game. You got you got to show up, all the you know cliches. But I mean, really, you do. I think I, I think Little John will be rocking again on Saturday. Those Saturday night games in that window too, I think, really fits. Schedule wise, uh, baseball you, you can double dip for the second weekend in a row. Are you double dipping for the I second weekend? I will not. I I have other plans. Um, so no, I will not be double dipping this Saturday. But could could do that if you so choose. Are you going to double dip this Saturday? Uh, no, I will be uh, working. <laughs> I'll be here. So are you double dipping from here this Saturday? Uh, not double dipping. No, but I'll be here on Saturday. Okay. Are you doing basketball? Uh, yes. Yeah. So you'll 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 be here a little bit later on Saturday night. Uh, but I think I think that's a good window. It's such a good crowd for the NC State game, and with Clemson getting a getting a big midweek win last night, uh, should be a good crowd. Little John on Saturday. 
654-7627-654. Roar, you want to get in with us. John, will you update us on what's going on down in Atlanta at uh, Georgia State, not Georgia Tech, Ah, where uh, Sean Elliott left the program a couple weeks ago. I think it was was it it was last week, right? It was last Thursday, right here on the on the air. Has we it got only that been news. that few a days? I I actually oh my think gosh, so, it yeah. feels like he did that like a month ago. Kind of does. Uh, maybe it was two weeks ago. I don't. Time time's weird right now. Uh, but do you think that uh, what's what's the okay. latest going on down? So there were some there was some rumored reporting going out last night that Georgia running backs coach Dale McGee had taken the job as the head coach at Georgia State. That is not uh, the case as we stand right now. Matt Zenitz of Two Four Seven Sports said just about um, a half hour ago, the job hasn't been offered yet, and there are at least a few in-person interviews set for today. Tomorrow has continued to be the target for making a hire. Okay. I know Dale McGee has been mentioned. I know Georgia Tech's Buster Faulkner has been mentioned for this job. Former Georgia assistant. All right, so we don't know for sure what's going to happen, but it, it could be McGee. It very well Some could signs be, signs yes. are pointing in that direction. Ultimately, if they go that if they go with him or not is unknown because there seems like there was some mixed reporting there. I'm not blaming anybody. It just sounds like there's mixed reporting. He's been at Georgia since 2016. Uh, he's worked. He's been the assistant head coach. He's been the run game coordinator, and he's also been the running backs coach for that, that entire duration. Uh, so he's he's been a Kirby guy for a while now. And a guy that I think Kirby probably puts a lot of trust and faith in. He doesn't have a lot of head coaching experience. Uh, he was an interim at Georgia Southern for a short time there in, in 2015. He coached at Carver in uh, Columbus, Georgia. He was actually the, the, when he was the interim head coach at Georgia Southern, was the coach of the team that won their first bowl game in Statesboro. That was the only game he coached, I believe. They, uh, Pretty they good record the, as a head coach then. They won the Go Daddy Bowl. Isn't that the GoDaddy.com bowl? GoDaddy.com bowl, yeah. It's a big deal. Uh, but, yeah, he's not really had a lot of coach experience, but if it is McGee or if it is even Faulkner, um, these are two guys who are embedded in the state. The recruiting pipeline is already there. They don't have to go introduce themselves to 50,000 new high school coaches. They're already, like, whether they're recruiting there in Atlanta or outside of Atlanta, even into Alabama – they Florida. They probably know everybody already. Yeah, so it would be a be a pretty smart move there. I think to bring in someone with a lot of in-state ties and can get the recruiting going. Whether or not these guys can be great head coaches or deal with all the problems that we laid out yesterday with Group of Five. Um, not to rehash that conversation, that remains to be seen. But I think from from that standpoint, I would I would support the hire by Georgia State at this stage in the game where you're not going to get a sitting active head coach to leave their program to come to you. No, you're not. And you're obviously right now in the G5 ranks, you're not getting a sitting active head coach, I don't think, in general. But I think your point is very valid that if they were to hire either of those two guys, that they, yes, they're changing the logo on the polo shirt, but they know every high school coach across the state of Georgia. They know almost every high school coach in Alabama and Florida, to your point. So I, I think it would make a lot of sense. And I also think it would be a very interesting opportunity. I don't know how it would work. You know, I don't know how much of Sean Elliott's staff is going to stay or what have you, but if it were to be McGee, it would be a good opportunity if you're a GA analyst type of a role in Athens or if you're Faulkner getting the job and you're in those places in Atlanta at Tech, that you can maybe advance your careers and get an on-field coaching role. Yeah. And I, I, th- I think that's the thing is 
give somebody an opportunity. McGee's 50 years old, and he's not really had a head coaching He is due for an opportunity, yeah. and I, I hope he gets it. Yeah, I do too. J- just for him personally to to go be a head coach, and I, I think it would I think it would work. Do you know where he played uh, college ball? I do not know. War Eagle. Oh, so it's perfect. You you can go to Atlanta for a few years. You can workshop some things, and then when Hugh Freeze gets in trouble, because it's only a matter of time. Transition. Future Auburn coach Dale McGee. If, if you have success at, at Georgia State, which. With that roster that Sean Elliott left you, uh, probably not going to be all that easy to do. And uh, Dominic Thomas is toting the rock. And you may lose half your roster to the transfer portal before the season even gets here. Also that. Yeah, boy, college, college football is a mess, isn't it? Speaking of a mess in college football, what is the next college football playoff going to look like? We got a little bit of insight into that yesterday. We shall discuss on the other side. Don't go anywhere. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT-AM 1560, 